0: question. Do black lives matter? Do black lives matter? All of us have been angered at one time or another by the injustice of a policeman. I certainly have. But blacks in our culture have a very different experience than most white people or Caucasians or Hispanics or Chinese or Asian or Japanese. Black people have been stopped particularly black men many more times than any other race And they have not always been treated with courtesy, but have often been treated with contempt. Now, there are many reasons that go into that. I'm not going to explore those. That's not my point. My point is, America is being ripped apart over the question on the table, do black lives matter? Now, the strange part of that is that everyone I've asked that question, and I suspect most Americans would answer, of course, black lives matter. The question itself is almost insulting. Of course, black lives matter. But I have other questions. Do black babies matter? Planned Parenthood would say, no, they're our source of income as we murder them. Do the Black Lives Matter in Chicago, where so many are being shot and killed by other black men? Do Black Lives Matter? Do all Black Lives Matter? And is this what America is being torn apart by? Are we being torn apart over George Floyd's death? I think 99% of Americans would say that event was utterly tragic and unnecessary. But we're being torn apart. And this Ongoing strife in America is going to result in one of two things the destruction of America as we now know it, or the redemption of America. I am standing for the redemption of America. I am not going to involve myself in the battle on the streets for i know that this is just the beginning i know soon men and women boys and girls will be marching in the streets and they will not be saying they will not be saying the same slogans no justice no peace they won't be saying that they'll be saying no food no peace They'll be saying, no money, no jobs, no peace. America is facing its destruction. And this is coming about because of very powerful forces in our culture, in the global community, where there is a desire, may I be specific, by men like Bill Gates to download into the human mind Microsoft Office through vaccines, through other means, to connect every human being to a grid in the cloud with tracing and with digital currency being paid to you based on your performance of the job being monitored your body your mind being monitored this is george William. this is this is beyond anything anyone has ever imagined it is called in scripture the mark of the beast where no man can buy or sell if he does not subscribe to this system It is now being rolled out. The technology is being perfected. One man, very thoughtful man that I listened to, said we could expect within probably 10 years that every person will be connected to the grid. I, for one, will not be connected to the grid. I will not participate in that. I pray many others of you will begin to stand up and say absolutely no. But it means we're going to have to recognize what is tearing us apart and the demonic influence that is flowing in America. Yes, people are hurt and angry and bitter. But we've got to move beyond that. It's not progress to burn down your neighbor's store. It's not progress to destroy the grocery store in your neighborhood. Where are you going to shop for groceries? It's not productive to burn and loot. It is evil. See, when God looks at us, he doesn't see black or white. He sees righteous or evil. He sees the moral character. And America is being trapped, America is being trapped into a very complex system of tracing and control. Now, what's the answer? I don't want to give a simplistic answer. I don't have any. We could say, oh, Jesus is the, oh, he is the answer, but what's that mean? There's a story in the Old Testament that strikes deep at my heart. It's a story of of four young men As their nation is invaded by the most powerful kingdom in the world, as they are taken captive, as they are taken into that foreign land and there they are sent to school, graduate studies. They must learn the language, they must learn the philosophy. They must learn the science, the technology, if you please, of this nation. When their exams come, by the blessing of Almighty God, they are found to be many times better than any of the other students in the university. It is obvious that God has designated them to places of discretion and leadership. (coughs) Pardon me. The king is an arrogant man. He is a powerful man. He is a bully. He's a king. He's brash. He's bright. He is one of the brightest war strategists the world has ever seen. He defeats the Assyrians, takes all of Syria, takes Nineveh, he takes the then known world, he forms a great empire. Two years. After Nebuchadnezzar becomes king he has a dream he wants to know from the wise men what does this dream mean he knew it was from the gods he worships Marduk He knows this was a dream sent by the gods. He has built this magnificent city, Babylon, into probably the most beautiful city in the world. And literally the world revolves around this man and around this city. Now he demands of his wise men He demands of them that they tell him what the dream was. And they demand that he is given then the interpretation of the dream. But he doesn't want to tell them the dream because he's afraid if he tells them the dream, they'll come up with some false interpretation. He wants to know, can you tell me the dream? And then I will know beyond question that you can give me an accurate understanding of this dream. And they answer the king, no one on earth can make known what the king requests. No king, however great and powerful, has ever asked anything like this of any diviner, priest, medium, or Chaldean. What the king is asking is so difficult that no one can make it known to him except the gods who dwell not with mortals. Because of this, the king became violently angry. This is in Daniel, the second chapter. The decree in verse 13 was issued that the wise men were to be executed. And the soldiers went out looking for Daniel and his friends to put them with the rest of the wise men in their prison cell awaiting execution. Now please hang with me. I'm not just telling you a story. It has a very specific application to what is going on right now in America. They are now facing these four young men who have been taken captive, who have been taken to a foreign country, who've spent three years learning its history and tradition, its language, its philosophy, and its technology. You say, what technology? Hanging gardens, that took some very sophisticated technology to water and to maintain and to build. When confronted with this, Daniel responded with tact and discretion to Arioch, the commander of the king's guard. He asked him, Why is the decree from the king so harsh? Arioch explained it to him. So Daniel asks for time, for time, in order to be able to give the king the interpretation. Daniel goes home to his friends Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and he urges them to join him in praying to the God of heaven for mercy concerning this mystery so that Daniel and his friends would not be killed with the rest of the Babylonian wise men Now, always before, I've thought of this as great. They're in an emergency. They get down on their face and they pray and God answers them and everything is resolved. I've learned through knowing the Lord God of heaven that that is usually not the way things work with God. Usually that's not God's way. How many times I've heard somebody come and say, I have a word from God. And then the word proves to be false. How do they handle that? Usually they don't handle it. They just go on and get another word from God. They're too far away from God to actually hear the answer. Now, what's that have to do with today? America's being torn apart. If you are a person of the Lord God of heaven, you are not on the streets marching. Not now. America's being torn apart. We are in severe crisis. We have lost probably 36 to 40% unemployment rate right now in America, if you go by the real statistics. Businesses have closed left and right, bankruptcies are soaring. What do you think is going to happen? please, to those of you who still have jobs, what do you think will happen to those who do not have jobs and cannot support themselves and their jobs are not coming back? Well, I'll tell you. They're not going to be able to pay their rent or their mortgage or their car payment or their credit card payments. What's going to happen? They're going to go bankrupt. They're going to have to move out of their house in with a a family of friends. will end up seeing multiple families living in the same house. Food is going to be very scarce in America. Well, right now, you can go to the grocery store and get whatever you want, but famine is coming to America. Make no mistake. Countless numbers of people, hundreds of thousands of people, starved to death in the 1929 crash. America has seen famine, and we're going to see it again. Now, as we face these very difficult times, with many people out of work, there will be food shortages. The lines of transfer have been broken. The just-in-time inventory delivery system is broken. Perhaps for the next month or so, you'll still be able to get your normal groceries. But have you noticed the prices skyrocketing? going up. Inflation, going up. This is only the beginning. The dollar will crash. And at some point, the stock market will crash. 70, 80, 90%. Home values are going to be decimated. Now, Any thinking person who is willing to open their eyes and actually look at what's happening in America will know that the issue is really not about George Floyd, as tragic as that event was. It's about the anger and bitterness found in our hearts in America, and a sense of entitlement and bitter rage as we're not able to continue our lifestyles. That's why I say the great global concerns that are trying to destroy America, Antifa, and other communist entities are trying to destroy this land. Now, our own selfish hearts and our own bitterness and our own anger and rage can boil over and join with those anti-American elements And we can destroy America. Or we can, like Daniel, honestly face the reality that things have coalesced in such a way that we will die, that we will be destroyed. Daniel's answer to the crisis was to pray. Now, I want to point out to you, as I have read and reread this, knowing the way God works, I suspect that the first night they prayed, God did not answer them. That is not God's way. It would be much more in line with God's way as found in the Scriptures for God to wait and see what their hearts were really like. God tests His people. He wants to know: will you, like the children of Israel, turn into bitterness and anger and rage and try to move against your leaders? Or will you take a stand to believe in the Almighty God of heaven, and will you go to the prayer closet and cry out for revival in this land, and for the coming of the Holy Spirit in great power, to turn the heart of this nation out of its bitterness and hurt toward the Almighty God of heaven? Will you take a stand with Jesus and pray until he answers? Will you humble your heart before an almighty God and give up your demands and your self-righteousness? And will you pray? They prayed. They had gotten time from the king to seek the face of God. How much time? It doesn't tell us. It only tells us that they had time in which to seek the face of their God. Perhaps the second night of prayer was much more intense than the first night because they knew a deadline was coming. They were not asking for a sentimental answer to their prayers. They were not asking for a feel-good answer. They were asking for a very specific and concrete answer. One, what was the dream? Two, what is the interpretation of that dream? They were not going to be able to go before the king and say, Oh, the Spirit of God came upon us as we were praying, and we were filled with the glory of God and and everything's going to work out fine, O king. We know that you're going to find the answer to your question. No, that's not what the king wants to hear. He wants to hear what is the dream and what is the interpretation of that dream. We're going to look later in the week, a very close look at what actually happened at the end of Jesus' life and the beginning of the church. The answers they were given were very specific and very concrete. The power of God came upon them, and they healed the sick, and raised the dead, and proclaimed the gospel. They had power. Dunamis, The word from which we get dynamite, explosive power. Today in the church, we don't have that explosive power. And we are facing a nation being ripped apart. And we are now faced with the death of America. Oh, it's not there yet, but it's coming. The handwriting is on the wall of an arrogant and proud nation. Will you pray with Daniel, with his friends? Now, I don't know if it was on the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh night, but I know they were coming against a hard deadline and their lives were at stake You know, it's amazing to me, most people will not pray if they don't have to pray. Most people will not pray unless they have to pray. And when our life is on the line, generally we'll be willing to pray. Daniel's life was on the line. America's life is on the line. Your life is on the line. Because the day is coming for judgment. And if you're walking in wickedness before God, if you're walking in sin before him, you will not hear from heaven. And you will be swept up in the grand delusion of the end time. You will take the mark of the beast and you will die in the fires. And so they pray. Knowing the ways of God, they were probably not given the answer until the very last night. The mystery is revealed to Daniel in a vision at night. And Daniel begins to praise the God of heaven. He said, May the name of God be praised forever and ever, for wisdom and power belong to him. He changes the times and seasons. He removes kings and establishes kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals the deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness, and the light dwells with him. I offer thanks and praise to you, God of my fathers, because you have given me the wisdom and power. And now you have let me know what we ask of you. You have let us know the king's mystery. Do you notice he says to God, you have given me wisdom and power. Wisdom and power is what they received at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came upon them. Now I know that they did not hear the first night they began to pray because this kind of prayer out of Daniel's heart would only come out of immense pressure. Today we are under immense pressure. You may not feel it yet, but you will soon. You may think that the pressure on the streets and the destruction and the burning and the looting is all because of George Floyd. It's not. That's not what it's about. It's about much deeper things and much more important things. The destruction of America. And we're going to have to go before Almighty God until he gives us wisdom and power. Until he answers us and tells us what to do. Nothing scares me more than the American churches all reopening and going back to the same old, same old. The comforting message is God loves you in spite of your sin. He has unconditional love for you. You're okay. Just keep going the way you're going and you're on the right road. No, you're not. No, you're not. You know that. You know you need to come to the Lord God of heaven in repentance and have that lukewarm heart or that cold heart lit on fire by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Be honest with me. Are you tired of the same old, same old? Are you willing to not go any deeper? Are you willing to live out your life at this casual, shallow level, thinking, oh, I can take Jesus with me wherever I go. He never leaves me as I go about my worldliness. Please. The Lord is allowing America to go into a time Of great crisis, financial, financial crisis, social crisis, emotional crisis. And he wants to know, will we like Daniel go to the prayer closet and stay there until we have been given wisdom and power in the anointing presence of the Holy Spirit for Pentecost? Now, have we received the Holy Spirit? Yes, every person who confesses the name of Jesus and repents of their sins receives the gift and the seal of the Holy Spirit according to Ephesians, the first chapter. But that seal of the Holy Spirit is not empowerment for ministry. Jesus said, you will be empowered when the Holy Spirit comes on you. That's the coming of wisdom and power that we must have. As I prayed all through the early hours today about this radio broadcast, I said, Lord, I need your wisdom and your power to speak this word. We need the wisdom and power of God to face our nation right now. Those of you who love the Lord Jesus Christ with all of your heart need to hide yourself away in the prayer closet and cry out to God like Daniel and his friends that this nation would not be torn apart but would be redeemed by the blood of Jesus I know that it is the Holy Spirit that comes bringing wisdom and power and direction for what should be done read carefully the book of Joel the whole book it is the book of the hour Daniel goes to the executioner. The one who is in charge of gathering and then executing all of the wise men of the the realm. And he says to him, don't kill the wise men of Babylon. Bring me before the king and I will give him the interpretation." Daniel was quickly brought before the king. And the king says to Daniel, Are you able to tell me the dream I had and its interpretation? Now please, this is a very exact request. Sentimental, sentimental answers will not satisfy the king. He wants a full answer. He wants to know what is the dream and what is the interpretation. And if Daniel cannot give him that, he will be executed probably right on the spot. Daniel answers the king with great tact and great wisdom. No wise man, medium, divine or priest or astrologer is able to make known to the king the mystery he asks about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and he has let the king Nebuchadnezzar know what will happen in the last days. Your dream and the visions that came into your mind as you lay in bed were these. Your Majesty, while you were in your bed, thoughts came to your mind about what will happen in the future. And the revealer of mysteries has let you know what will happen. So there is in this dream a great statue. And the statue has a head of gold, chest of silver, thighs of brass, legs of iron, and feet and toes of iron and clay mixed. And then there is a stone cut out without hands, and this stone strikes the feet and turns the entire statue into chaff, and the wind blows it away. The Lord has just given Nebuchadnezzar the timeline of kingdoms, that will rule the earth until he comes the second time. All is outlined for this king. Now later in the book of Daniel, Daniel is given much more specific instructions about these powers and these beasts. But let it be very clear to your heart that the God of heaven knew exactly what was going to happen many years in the future, even into 2020. He knows what he's doing. Now, there is one thing that strikes me in all of this that has caused my heart great conviction. And that is that I have often been so far away from the Lord God of heaven that he looked small to me. He looked small to me, powerless. And I, in those times, resorted to my own strength and my own ability to figure out what I should do, what my course of action should be, how I should progress, what plans I should implement and ask God to bless, what strategies for church growth and for church development, for witnessing, I was wrong. The Lord God of heaven is not small. He controls the affairs of men. He sets in place kings and presidents. He removes them from office. He arranges what he desires to have happen. It is not we the people... It is you, the Lord God of heaven, who control the affairs of men. Now, Please understand, the children of Israel saw the great glory of God come down on Mount Sinai, but they preferred their own gods, their prosperity gods. They refused to believe the word of this God who would give them very specific instructions and they would not obey it. They went their own way in their own rebellion, in their own hardness of heart. I have done that also. Two great sins that have been evident in my life, not intentional, but God has revealed them in a very clear way to my heart, and I've had to repent and search after the Lord regarding both of these things. One, hardness of heart self-preservation and two unbelief unbelief which is pride pride is <clears throat> the flip side of the flip side of the coin for both hardness of heart and unbelief Many times we, you included, have made the best plans we could make, we've carried out those plans, and we have not achieved what we desired, or we have achieved what we desired and felt pride and self-sufficiency. This king is filled with pride. He is filled with arrogance. This interpretation is given. He is granted by the Lord God of heaven the understanding of the nations that will arise after him Medo Persia, Greece, Rome. in the mixture of clay and iron where we are today in the feet and the toes now we could spend a great deal of time tracing the history and the dates of each of these empires but that won't get us what we need to understand today we are facing a crisis in america America is being ripped apart. And either this ripping apart is going to result in the destruction of America as we know it, and the takeover of a one-world globalist system resulting in the mark of the beast as being instituted by by globalist powers. Or we are going to go to the prayer closet and we're going to pray for wisdom and understanding and we're going to pray for power and we are going to go forth in this land and bring forth revival in the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, I know that finally America will turn in utter darkness. I know that finally America will be given over. But I pray that it will not happen yet because I believe God has many wonderful people in America that he wants to save and give an opportunity to come into the fullness of righteousness and holiness living godly lives before our Lord Jesus. He wants to bring redemption to America. That is the heart of God. God loves America. He loves you. He loves all black lives. He died for you. And it's time for us, can I be so bold to say this? It's time for us to give up our blackness or our whiteness or our Asian or our Hispanic or Indian. In Jesus Christ, there's only one nation. There's only one people, and we're all the same color. We're red by the blood of Jesus. We are brothers and we are sisters and we look out for each other. We care for each other and we lay our lives down for each other. Now what is Nebuchadnezzar's response to this? His response is, I'm going to build an idol of myself, 90 feet tall, And it's going to be all gold because God is not going to rule over me. The Lord of heaven is not going to rule over me. I serve Marduk. I do not serve the God of the Israelites. And so I'm not going to allow a parade of nations to come as time passes. I am going to be the great king. I am God. That is the human heart. control manipulation ruling over others with our attitude and our judgments God is calling you today to stop participating in the destruction of America and to get on your face and plead for wisdom and power to know how, to have the direction straight from Jesus for what he wants you to do, not to bring destruction to America, but to bring redemption to America, to bring forth the cross of Jesus Christ, to bring about one people and one nation under God, That's our call. Will you pray? Almighty God, we're out of time for this broadcast, but I've spoken the word you planted in my heart, and I pray, Lord, that you will answer. I'm asking for wisdom and power for myself and for each who's listening to make clear decisions that will not result in the destruction of America but will result in your redeeming America by the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, I come today praising and worshiping and honoring your mighty name for you alone are the Redeemer who died on Calvary's tree. You come now and would you minister to our hearts, Lord? I can't pray for the peace of America. I pray for the revival of America, I pray for the repentance of America, I pray for the holiness of America. I plead for the obedience of America to the Lord our God, to you, Jesus. Would you turn back now the enemy at the gate? And would you comfort the hearts of those who are filled with rage and anger? And would you turn their faces to the cross? Will you meet the broken and the terrified, the poor? For that's who you came to save. Lord, would you pour out your spirit today on America. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Will you've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. Please go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. I also very much need to hear from you if you will help and participate in keeping this broadcast on the air I can only do it as the Lord moves in your heart is he calling you to give if he is write to me at the National Prayer Chapel Post Office Box 2346 Woodbridge Virginia 22195 God bless you my brother my sister let's pray I'll talk to you soon Jesus Christ You're a do-it-yourself.